You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what is going on? Thank you very much for clicking that button and putting this in your ears. Thank you very much for spending time with me today. I really do appreciate it. This is a really good episode. I think you're going to enjoy it very much. I really enjoyed my chat with Laura, and she has a unique perspective on this weird beast that we call the music industry. So it was really cool to get her insight into lots of different things and learn more about her story. I don't have too much house cleaning to do today, but I would like to take this moment to remind everybody about the affiliate links associated with this show, specifically ToneMob.com slash Sweetwater and ToneMob.com slash Reverb. If you are planning on buying anything that Sweetwater carries, that link will shave off a little bit and come back to help me keep this thing going. And considering I'm about to embark on the replacement of my roof, uh, <laughs> that would be much appreciated if you were eyeing any pedals or recording gear or anything else. ToneMob.com slash Sweetwater or ToneMob.com slash Reverb will help me out every time you decide to make a purchase through there. And it doesn't cost you anything extra. Thank you very much should you decide to do that. And thank you very much to all who have already done that. I really do appreciate it. All right. Thank you for sitting through that. Let's get right into the conversation with Laura. Let's do it. Boom. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally, sometimes. I'm your host, Blake Weiland, and with me today, I have Laura Whitmore from, well, lots of things. So uh, <laughs> welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. Great to meet you. Yeah, great to meet you, too. We're just diving right in. We're doing the thing. So it should be fun. Do it. Uh, you know, for... My audience is primarily guitar players, and obviously you have some connections, some pretty strong connections to uh, to that market as well. But you, you also do so many things and I'm sure have a pretty interesting backstory. So let's uh, let's go in the Wayback Machine. And <laughs> when did you start, you know, getting into music? And, you know, obviously this is your whole world now. So let's let's take it. From yeah. I actually think I got into music in elementary school because I had this really cool music teacher who taught us so many interactive, cool musical things. I still remember her so clearly and nothing else from that time in my life. But <laughs> Mrs. Price, I remember her. Um, then I later, like, you know, like any kid, I started playing the flute in band um but i later you know traded that for a guitar because i'm like oh, i can't sing and write songs with my flute so <laughs> with about 13 i picked up the guitar um i ended up going to, to college for music business and i was a vocal um major in the music part mm -hmm. of it and uh you know kind of after that i moved right into the business side of things and worked at cbs records for a couple of years and and then moved over to Korg USA, uh, where I did marketing and artist relations for 20 years, wow. which seems insane. Uh, and then I left there and uh, started my own agency a few years ago and uh, had been working with many, many companies, mostly in the musical instrument side of things, um, audio, software, musical instruments, apps. Um, and then just two years ago, I, I 
stopped doing that and I moved in-house with a company called Positive Grid and have been doing uh, all their global marketing, running the marketing team for them for the last few years. And uh, it's been pre- a pretty exciting ride. So <laughs> that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> that, is, that is a very condensed version of a very, <laughs> very condensed cool, yeah, very cool <laughs> career. You know, yeah. it's interesting that I, I'm always really fascinated with the business side of the music industry because it's a thing that people don't, they don't talk about as much. It's starting to happen more and more. And I'm, you know, I'm always trying to pry that out of people. Like, you don't just wake up one day and are are successful. Well, I guess that happens like once in a blue moon. But it's very rare to just wake up and be successful in the music industry based on pure unadulterated talent you know that's that's maybe not what everyone wants to hear but the truth is there's a lot that goes into both like the gear side of things and the you know music artist side of things and you've had experience with both how have you seen this change over the years and what could newer artists take away from that and you know try to apply to their own careers whatever that may be yeah you know it's interesting like when i was first coming out of school I didn't even think about the music like gear part of the industry you know everybody's so focused on you know the record labels and all the glamorous um (laughs) pieces of the puzzle there but I will say for anything like this industry is so much about hustle like you've got to get out there and like make yourself relevant um I really truly believe in showing up like I think you know you're never gonna meet the right person or get the right opportunity if you're not out there in the world. Um, and I think for, you know, I think for the the gear side of things or the business side of things, I, I, I can't say it's like any other business. There are like these idiosyncrasies to the music business that are unique. Yes. Um, but I do think, you know, it's like I said, creating opportunities, getting out there, offering to help people. Um, you know, you got to pay your dues. I definitely paid my dues. I'm still paying my dues sometimes, you know? (laughs) Um, but I think for the artist side of things, you know, when I started, there was no internet. Like, I know that's probably mind blowing for a lot of people, but I, I really think there's a lot of democratization of the industry now. Like you can be successful without huge resources, And you've seen people do that, you know, um, I read this, um, the book that Amanda Palmer wrote and it was so interesting how she was so linked into her fan group that it really like became a part of who she was as an artist and made her, helped her become really successful. And boy, did that woman and still does like hustle, you know, like she's like touring nonstop out there in the world, making herself relevant. Um, I think everything's hard. It's like nothing's just going to fall in your lap. And so you have to just know, like, you're going to have to keep plugging away and figure it out (laughs) and surround yourself by people who are as passionate as you are. I mean, it's nobody wants to drag somebody along with them. You want to be energized. Yeah. And that's a really good point. The showing up part. And I think, you know, from my perspective, I think people could view social media that way, you know, uh, for all of its problems, it definitely has yeah. a lot of them. Uh, one thing that it does well is it lets people connect to each other. That's the, really the whole point. And so, you know, if you're afraid to put yourself out there, if you're afraid to, 
you know, make content, if you're afraid to do that stuff, then it's probably not going to work out because there's never been an easier time to get your voice heard. I know it's it's hard to cut through the noise, but at the same time, you know, back in the day, if you wanted to get the same result, you had to go bang on, you know, record executive scores yeah. and hope they would listen to you. And I, I think like, look, in the old days, like if people didn't like you, you didn't, maybe you didn't know about it, right? Because <laughs> they just didn't, nobody's going to write to you and say, I didn't like your music. Here's the letter, you know, but now people might post on socials and like, oh, well, like there's not, not everyone's going to like what you do. Like you just have to find that thing and like make it your own, whatever it is in business and music um, in life, I guess, <laughs> um, you know, and like, sometimes you're going to have, you have to develop a little bit of a thick skin because it's, it's tough, you know, it is, but, it's, it's hard to yeah. hear. Like that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you're a loser. It's like, Oh, okay. Sorry. But I mean, you look at even like huge artists, like that happens to them all the time too. Like they're successful, you know, but they still have people who, are very vocal about not liking what they do, you know? And it's kind of funny because when people get to a certain level, I feel like, uh, you know, more, I don't know, regular people like ourselves have like a certain level of like, oh, it's okay if I say I don't like, you know, insert huge artist here because they're never going to hear it. And it's like, yeah. I, they might, yeah. <laughs> they might. And no matter how successful you are, it still sucks when somebody doesn't like you. So yeah, it still sucks. Like, want to hear? No. I also feel like this is a thing I've been thinking about a lot lately, and some people innately have this quality, and some have to work on it. But this idea of like being like a someone who seeks, like a seeker, I call it. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't know how to do something, like there's so many things in life that we don't know how to do. Oh yeah. But if, if you have the outlook where okay, I can go figure this out. I'm going to just ask people, maybe somebody else I know knows how to do it, or maybe someone they know knows how to do it, or they can direct me to a blog I can read or a book or whatever. Like if you have that um, sort of outlook where there's always going to be things you don't know, but it's within your power to like go figure it out. um, I think that's really powerful because I think a lot of people give up. They don't They're like, Oh, I don't know how to do that. Oh, well, well, I guess I won't do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. That That's a big thing for me. It's just like, you're never going to be good at everything. It's it's impossible. Yeah. It's That's why there are different jobs. <laughs> it's right. just like, that's literally how people function. But I do agree. Like, you got to try, especially these days. I, the amount of times I've sarcastically sent my friends the let me Google that for you link. Uh <laughs> It is, uh, it's pretty high. It's like, yeah, you know, you can figure that out. You know, you don't have to ask that question. You can yeah. ask well, that question and it will That's take- hilarious. Cause my kids will literally call me and they'll be like, Hey, like, what do I do? My sink's clogged or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, well, what am I going to do? I'm just going to go on Google and like Google that you could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that happens, uh, with some of the companies I work with, the on the customer service side of things. And it makes me laugh. They're like, do you carry X, Y, Z? And I'm like, you know that, um, I guess that's on the website, uh, <laughs> where I'm going to go look and make sure that I'm telling you correctly. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Yeah, but it is what it is. It's okay. It's fine. That's part of the gig, right? It's it's yeah. Yeah. But you know, I also feel like there's so many great tools and gear and like you know online platforms that you can tap into to help you create your music, share your music, get ideas, you know, test stuff. You know, I was always thinking like as an artist, you know, you don't have to come out with a whole album now. You can just do one song and like see what people think. I mean, that's super valuable. Um, And there's a a lot of people who are not too precious about that. They'll just put stuff up and be like, oh, you like this? Great. Maybe I'll make more things like that. You didn't like this? Oh, let me think why. Like, do I care? Right. You know? <laughs> Maybe if I do care, then I'll I won't do it that way again. Like, I don't know. So Yeah, one of the yeah. artists that I think I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of of their material, but you can't deny the hustle and like the you know drive is uh, an artist called Russ. And he did a song every day for a year. <laughs> it's like obviously you couldn't really do that you know back in the 80s like that would be impossible but oh, yeah. now yeah. we all have like we could record a song on our phones that would sound yeah. cool you know so i like really admire that like he just did a song every single day put it out on soundcloud sound every day just like no matter what and i'm sure i haven't listened to all of them i'm sure some of them weren't very good i'm sure some of them weren't <laughs> probably like 95 percent of them weren't yeah. but that five percent there's an album right like yeah, yeah. You only need one, really. <laughs> well, maybe more than one, but well, one I mean, it's a, but it's like anything like there's like, OK, maybe all of his music wasn't great, but he was working on his craft every day, getting better, you know, and getting better and learning new things and trying to think, how can I say this in another way? And I think that experience alone is valuable. Never mind, like the outcome. You know, that's a fantastic point. It's practice. Yeah. It's a different yeah. form of practice. Practice. Yeah, exactly. it's a very um, public practice. <laughs> oh, wow. That's actually scary to think about. <laughs> Everybody had to listen to my actual practice. Yeah. That'd be nice. There's, I was just watching this video like, oh, you know, we just came out with this little spark, spark mini, mm-hmm. our little mini or mini guy. And um, there's this I can't remember her name now, which is terrible on me. Um, Sophie Burrell, I think. Yeah, yeah. So she um, posted a video of herself learning a solo um, using the Spark Mini. And I was like, she is really doing it. Like she wasn't afraid to suck. Like she was figuring it out. And I'm like, there's power in that, you know? That's impressive. If you're, if you're okay showing the world, like when you're not perfect, like people can be pretty accepting of that if they're along with you for the ride you know oh definitely and you just, yeah. you're just honest and like hey i'm figuring it yeah. out it's there's some trolls don't get me wrong but yeah. largely people will be accepting of that and uh and move on with their day if they're not super happy with it it's like oh, yeah i'll figure it out you know yeah so True. i want to I ask you a couple things you know based on your history so let's let's go back to the record label days yeah and so what's the what are some common mistakes that you see artists make? Because you've obviously seen a lot of artists come through the door. And what are some just common, probably from a business level, mistakes that you see them make like that really impede their career or cause them problems they didn't see coming? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's sort of a double-edged sword now for artists. I think the fact that you have to be a business person too, like 
it's very rare that someone can just purely be an artist. And I think that there's a, you know, there's a give and take, there's a positive and negative to that. I mean, you have more control, right? But you have to do it yourself. Yes. Um, it's funny. I was talking to somebody else about this the other day where there should be, and maybe there is, maybe somebody offers this. I haven't researched it. Like a baseline, like how to guide for the business aspect of being a musician. And it probably changes every day. Um, <laughs> yeah. But just like, you know, taking it upon yourself to learn the ins and outs of like, Hey, how do I deal with a contract? How do I, you know, how do I get my stuff on distributed or online or like you can't be passive about any of those things. And I do see like a lot of musicians and maybe it's like, maybe that, you know, their creative brain is dominant. And so maybe their practical brain is less dominant, but you either have to take it upon yourself to learn those things or align um, yourself with people who like, that's their passion, you know? You know, I always think like more people should take advantage of like students out there in the world. There's all these students want to get into the music business, want to get their feet wet. They want to work, you know, at label, label side of things, management. They're all looking for projects to work on and to believe in and to help and get experience with. Um, I really think that's an untapped resource. I also feel like, you know, artists have to think about the labels or other partners, they're businesses, yeah. you know? And so when you go in to speak to them, if you get the opportunity to speak to them, present yourself as a business. Like you are, you are in the business of making music and, you know, do what you say you're going to do, show up, like think about things from their perspective. Like, how am I going to add value to this business? Um, you can think about what you need from them, but, you know, any relationship like that is a give and take. And I think, you know, the more you know, and the more you can present, like, here's what I can do for you. Like, I will be there to make content for you. I have this social following. Like I, you know, whenever I go to a show, like it's sold out, like all those things make a difference to these companies because they're businesses. Yes. And, you know, all of them love music or they wouldn't be in this business because it's a hard business, but you know, it's, I just think, you know, and I think about this from like the gear side of things too. Like people ask me like, oh, how do I get an endorsement or work with a gear company? And it's the same thing. It's like, what can you, like, how can you make it a win-win situation? Like these companies, you know, guitars, amps, whatever, like they are all looking for people to be organically like sharing what they're doing with these products if you can show them hey look like I, I took your your little lamp and I did this great video and I tagged you and like this many people liked it and like I'd like to do more stuff with you like you can prove to them that you can be valuable and I think it's all about just having this very active attitude and not just waiting for stuff to fall into your lap you've got to think about like okay how can I make myself like really valuable fit into your, their world and, and you know stuff kind of naturally starts to fall into place when you have that kind of outlook you know that's perfect advice because that's the that's the number one thing i see people who are seeking endorsements make mistakes with and i see a lot of those like come into my inbox uh, on the string joy <laughs> side of things and it's yeah. like 
it's it's always there's this really unfortunate situation that occurs sometimes where it's like hi i used to be with x string company and they're out of business now and i you know played with uh you know jimmy b and the destroyers in 1987 <laughs> and i just always had an endorsement and i would like one from you too and it's like i appreciate what you've done but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to move the needle for us it yeah be a two-way yeah. street you have to approach it with that mindset that this is this is not a this is a partnership like you said this is something that's going to be beneficial for both the artist and the company or the brand or whatever that's the only reason these things happen and uh you know and also has to be a good fit you know sometimes mm -hmm. sometimes there's people that have great followings that just don't really line up with a brand for whatever reason and it's no hard feelings it's just what it is you know <laughs> yeah i think too like you have to be careful because you know usually you'll get one shot with a relationship right so if you slack off you don't follow through with what you say you're going to do or you know whatever it is like it's pretty hard to get back in you know um so make sure you're ready for <laughs> being able to deliver on those promises too you know, that happens sometimes too. And that's, that's always really unfortunate. You take a, you take a shot at somebody and then they don't yeah. do what they said they were going to do. And that makes you a little bit hesitant to try to take a shot with anybody else. Cause it's like, Oh, I've been burned so many times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anybody else or that person again, like you'll probably never work with that person again. Cause you can't rely on them, you know? So yeah, yeah. It's, it's tricky. It is very tricky. Very, very yeah. tricky. So when you made the transition, um, this is this is going to be interesting for me. So when you made the transition going from Korg, where you were for a long time, and they're one of the most you know successful gear companies on the planet, to going independent there for a little while, what made you make that transition? Yeah, it was it was interesting. I had been at Korg for 20 years. I got a huge amount of experience there. And got my MBA while I was working there as well. Um, and I worked on Korg Marshall and Vox brands because they distributed everything. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the company changed. Um, some of the personnel or the leadership changed and it maybe just felt like the right time to do something else. And I actually was living in New York and I moved across the country to California. Um, and said okay like this is it this is the time to try this independent thing i had been thinking about it for a little while um because at that point i had like really well-rounded experience you know i was i did pr i did artist relations i did like graphic design and production i was the editor of Korg's magazine like i knew a lot nice. you know in mean, 20 years right i knew a lot yeah. um trade show planning like everything so um so I started my agency called Mad Sun Marketing. And uh, I was very fortunate to have a client already when I left waiting for me. But I will say it was extremely nerve wracking and lots of self doubt. Can I do this? It was so hard to get it going. Um, about maybe, I don't know, maybe nine months in, I was thinking, can I do this? Maybe I should just look for a job. Um, it was 2000, 
2009, maybe. Okay. Um, 2008, 2009, something like that. Um, and then I got like a really fun client, like guitar amp client. And I was like, oh, like, this is fun. Like, I'm not making a lot of money, but it's fun at least, you know? <laughs> and it kind of just grew from there. And, and yeah, it was tough, but it was, it was very fulfilling for a long time for me to run my own business. I did it for 12 years. So, um, you know, it was pretty, a lot of ups and downs. I learned a lot about running a business and the, the cyclical nature of the ups and downs of business too, which, uh, you know, at least I learned like when there's a downtime, it's going to go back up. Like you just have to figure out how to help it get, get there, you yes. know? Yes. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was just, uh, I guess, you know, just with the, with the changes at Korg, I just felt like, ah, maybe it's time for me to, to move into doing something else. But I, I also do feel like I'm kind of one of those people who like once I'm in a lane, I'm like, okay, I could be in this lane for a while, you know, like I don't change my furniture around or anything. <laughs> <laughs> just like this works. Like I'll stay here for a while. Yeah. You know, so. I can relate to that. Yeah. Once I, once I get set into something, I tend to, I tend to, it's not that I don't like new experiences and, and things, but I like my baseline to stay like, yeah, what I do. Too. <laughs> like, you know, I do like a lot of stuff on the side, a lot of side projects, but, uh, but the baseline. Yeah. Yeah. It helps, it helps you be comfortable when you can, you know, you know, you know where your cups are in in your kitchen <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and so when you started working with positive grid like did they you know did they headhunt you did they poach you or did you see an opportunity and go for it yeah it's funny they were actually my clients so i did marketing for them for like two or three years and it's funny because i got introduced to them through somebody that i worked with at Korg, who works there Oh, okay. And they were looking for some marketing help. And I was like, hey, hello. Um, so, yeah, so they invited me to come in-house at the beginning of 2020. And so I started like April 1st, 2020, right after the world kind of locked down. Um, I was, I think I was really fortunate because I had been working from home for years before that. So that wasn't new to me. And, you know, Positive Grid, like we had just launched spark our little combo amp and it was and it continues to be like the perfect product for at home you know practicing recording playing jamming mm -hmm. um so it's done really really well because great for you know times when people are home more um and wanting to be creative so it, it worked out really well for me um to go in-house with um, positive grid and i have I thought I knew a lot when I started with them, but boy, do I, <laughs> I have really dug it. I've learned so much in the last two years. So it's good. It's given me like a new injection of energy and insight. Mm -hmm. yeah. Are you seeing from when you say that, like, are you seeing like changes in how marketing's done or how you're presenting things or what, what are some of the new things you've learned? Yeah, I mean, there's so much. I think, you know, Positive Grid is primarily like a direct seller. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we sell on our website, through Amazon, a few retail outlets. But um, so a lot of the direct-to-consumer marketing is very data-driven. And 
you know, focused a lot on a different kind of connection than I was used to making with customers. Um, so I've learned so much about, you know, how to connect primarily online with people and um, tell stories in a different way and use digital tools and, and you know, just think about, you know, how, how we move forward and, and what people in the world are want, expect, you know, hope for. Um, so there's been a lot of research and, and um, just trying new things. I mean, that's another thing I love about Positive Grid is it's a very progressive company, um, very open to trying new things, taking some risks. You know, it's, you know, my um, I work directly for the CEO who tells me like, yeah, that marketing idea could work, but like, let's try something we've never done before, you know? And I'm <laughs> like, okay, like it challenges me to like, think well what have I never done before that could work like how do we test it and see like is this going to resonate and then move forward so now I'm over my brain has this whole like how do we test it like piece that's injected into it <laughs> I hadn't I hadn't considered that because the direct-to-consumer world is is 100% where I started and so that's always mm -hmm. been at the forefront of what you know Scott my partner in Stringjoy and I th talk about is just like the direct to consumer. And now we're cutting our teeth into the retail more aggressively. Yeah. We've been in retail for a while, but it wasn't until last year uh, when we uh, hired our guy, Chris, that we really started being aggressive with retail as far as like making it a, a point. We're like, okay, I think we've got this direct to consumer thing. Like it's never totally figured out because everything's always changed yeah. as you're very aware. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the more quote unquote old school way of doing music uh gear business we weren't really that great at honestly and yeah hiring him and bringing that in house made a big difference and so now we're learning the whole retail landscape and it's been like whoa this is this is different this is a, yeah. and i can see how i can see how both are unique skills and how they like the communication is just it's much different you, you have yeah. less feedback, like with the retail channels, you don't know necessarily, you can make a change and then it's several months, if not longer. Yeah. Find out whether. Or maybe never. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you, know, you might never know like what really made a difference. And I would say like the digital tools, like they give you a lot of data. Like you do, you can see direct correlations, but but they don't tell you the whole story, right? No. no. So we're, they're still flying blind in some ways, but at least you probably have a little bit more, you know, direct data that <laughs> can help inform you. But yeah, it's tricky. It's funny. Like I was the opposite, obviously. Like when I started out, there was no internet. So everything was through retail channels and distribution channels and you know, how do you, how do you go in and train the salespeople so they can sell your product, like a product, like a keyboard from Korg, pretty complicated, right? So how do we help those people sell our products, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And trying to explain it in the correct light. And then that's, those are things you also just can't control sometimes, you know, they might hire a new guy that didn't receive your training. And now he's like, oh, yeah. yeah, these are, these are made in, uh, you know, South Africa. And it's like, no, they're not. They're made in Japan. Like, what's going yeah. on? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. moving parts. And then 
the communication not not being able to own that communication as directly makes you think about the little subtleties like what did we write on the box like you know mm-hmm. what did it, because it maybe the sales guy didn't say the right thing and we had to make sure that we did our part and it's 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 really it's a whole thing that I think there are different challenges, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, w- I always think like it's funny when I, you know, in my early career, like our marketing decisions were like, which magazine do we go in this month? You know, there was like Guitar Player, Guitar World, Guitar for the Practicing Musician, maybe one other base magazine or something. And that was it. You know, you're like, okay. Now there's so many yeah. micro decisions that you're making every day about where are you running your message? What are you paying for? You know what is the result of that? It's it's a lot more complicated. <laughs> then you'll see your ad pop up somewhere, and you'll be like, "That's the wrong format," because I can't read yeah. it. <laughs> or, "Oh, are they still running that ad? Why?" No, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no the products change. It's not that anymore. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. no, it's good. We have a great team. We're really smart people, and and I'm I'm so honored to work with them. They're just incredible. So. I am not disparaging anybody's work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not at all. No, no. no. <laughs> illustrating yeah. the the many moving parts that. Yeah, go- many moving parts. Exactly, many yeah. moving parts. So I've had a lot of artists on that I've asked this question, and I have a feeling that you are going to be a great person to ask this about or ask about this. Yeah, that's the right way to say it. <laughs> uh, in because you're coming from a, a different side altogether, so. There's a lot of talk about, you know, being a woman in the music industry and the unique challenges that come with that. And I think from the artist side, those are a little more obvious. But what about from your side? Because obviously there is a large, you know, even in the demographics on my Instagram, I'm like, well, huh, 8% yeah. late. Like, what's going on here? Like, I don't know why that is. So offer, can you offer some perspective on your experience? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. So I've been in the, like, you know, I've mentioned the gear side of the industry for a really long time. Um, Many, many times I was the only woman in the room. And, you know, I would go to shows like AES, which were probably like 99% men. Um. To be honest with you, I didn't really think about it too much until later in my career. I I guess around 2010 or so, I started editing for Guitar World magazine and I was I ended up writing a, a blog series for them called Guitar Girls. Uh, and I was interviewing, you know, female guitar players, like tons of them. I probably interviewed 100, 200 female guitar players. Um, and started to realize, you know, like you said, a lot of their stories about how their experiences were weren't great. Um, and that led me to um, launch the organization that I run, the Women's International Music Network. And it was mostly because I didn't know the other women in the industry. And I felt like, oh, like we should know each other. Like we should be helping each other. It's yeah. going to be like some solidarity going on here. Um, I... And, and, you know, subsequently, hello, um, I launched the She Rocks Awards, which honors women, both artists, women behind the scenes, gear companies, record companies, et cetera. But I'm bringing this all up because I see now, like, there, there's challenges in business. Like, there's challenges for women in every business. 
I actually have seen since I've launched this organization, which has been 10 years now, um, that things are improving. Um, I do see a lot more women in the musical instrument industry, although maybe not in like the highest level of leadership, but some of them are. Mm-hmm. And some of them are developing like their own companies and bringing in more women. And there's more organizations that are creating opportunities for women. I feel like it's moving forward in the right way. It's just not like somebody asked me, I did a panel. Um, I moderated a panel and afterwards somebody was like, oh, like it's, that doesn't still happen, right? Like it's all better now. And I, I literally like left in a space. I felt kind of bad because <laughs> I'm like, no, it still happens all the time. I think now maybe you know, like my generation was taught to kind of suck it up. But I see like my daughter's 25 and I see like women her age, like they're not going to take that. They're like, no, like you can't treat me like that. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do see like that pushback And I think that's awesome. Like if you, you know, you feel like it's okay now to say no, I shouldn't, you shouldn't treat me that way. It helps, it helps everything evolve quicker. You know, Um, I, I, I think it's still challenging for women though. I, I, I won't. And I think women, we have to think about all kinds of icky things that men never think about. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to work this venue at night and it's I'm getting out of it at two o'clock in the morning and I have to walk to my car by myself. Like, how safe do I feel? You know, like there are things like that that cross our minds. Maybe you guys think that stuff too. I don't know, but yeah. I am a terrible person to ask that question to because I I think I'm at times even for a guy a bit oblivious to uh, <laughs> like, Hey, that, you know, that guy's eyeing you over there. I'm like, yeah, fair. <laughs> like, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, my wife, Lynn, she was like, you don't know. She mentioned that exact thing. She's like, I got to, you know, make sure I park in the light, you know, yeah. and like have my keys in my hands. Like, you know, I'm like, how stressful. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't think about those things. Now I do. I didn't used to, you know, when I was before having some of these conversations, it's just like, oh, that's horrible. Like, and I think as guys, like we, we, we get to walk around kind of blissfully ignorant to that, but these conversations are really important to bring some awareness to just simply that, that, that is the reality, you know, it's just kind of how it is and we need to work on changing it and being aware that women go through these things every day where we get to just kind of go, la di da di da I go to yeah. like, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter. I so. think, I think it's like anything like women, people want to be respected, right? So if you're a female musician and you're playing in a venue and the sound guy is like, doesn't believe that you know how to like set up your gear and your sound. And then you, you're, you're literally having to argue with that person. Like what, why? You know, like just respect that people know what they want and what they're doing. Like I, it's, there's things that happen that are really mind boggling, especially in today's day and age, you know, that's going to end up on the internet. Like, you know, no one's going to be silent about that anymore. Like, don't do that. It's just. I've said this, uh, you know, when I have talked to some of these, these artists, I mean, I've gotten to talk to some amazing 
lady guitarists that they're just amazing because they're amazing guitarists has nothing to do with what gender they are. But I've always just thought it was really funny because there's nothing inherently masculine about playing a musical instrument. You know, it's not like you're somehow tougher or, you know, more manly because you can play the guitar, (laughs) especially if you're like a singer songwriter, you know, you're, you're strumming chords and singing poetry. Like it's not that, (laughs) what are we really talking about here? You know, down to, uh, I heard somebody talking about like, uh, like gangster rappers. And that's like, you're literally a poet. Like (laughs) it's, it's, uh, (laughs) it's kind of a funny juxtaposition when you really boil down. There's, and uh, I think it was uh, Emily Wolf. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she. Oh, I know. I love Emily Wolf. Oh, yeah. So good. She's awesome. She was talking about. I was talking about that with her, and she's like, especially if you like go back to like the '80s, and like all the men l- were playing metal and like dressed like women. Like it was like but makeup, yeah, big hair. Yeah, right? but it was like also one of the most. Not, you know, I wasn't there, but from my understanding, there was a lot of weird misogyny going on at that time, too. But it's like yeah. what a confusing, non-logical thing that has happened because humans are messy and weird. But I am glad to hear that even from your perspective, that things are improving. We just got to keep yeah. in that direction. Here's how, how I think about that. Like, you know, without organizations like, you know, the Women's International Music Network and many others, like things would progress they would just be slower, right? So we're just trying to accelerate the pace of change. Yeah. And, you know, I think we're, we're getting there. Could it go faster? Sure. But at least it's progress, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think that's good. And I think just like getting that out there and getting that into people's brains, getting it into men's brains for like, oh, like these are things I'd never really considered before. The sound guy thing is a perfect example. Literally every guitarist that I've talked to about this has had that same story yeah. <laughs> because like, oh, you're playing tonight. Let me help you set it. And, and I think yeah. some, of it, some <laughs> of it might come from a genuine place of I want to assist because my mama told me that this is how you treat yeah. me. But some of it also is like, how about you just say, do you need a hand? And then if they yeah. don't, you just go to your thing. Like, yeah, go do your thing. Like, like, so fine. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't yeah, treat them the same way, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I, I can see. I, mean, I, I, can I think some kinda... of it's hard, right? Yeah. It's like ingrained in who we are, like guys, women, whatever. You're, you're I, like, I'm not condoning any of that behavior, but if that's how you were, you know, sort of taught and expected and the ex- there was a certain expectation for decades and now you're being asked to think in another way, like it's, it takes practice. Everything takes practice. Yes. So, conscious a, practice. That is a very, very good point. Nothing, yeah. nothing, you're not going to change behavior of any sort. doesn't matter. It maybe. You're, yeah. It, 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 took, it took the pandemic to get me to stop biting my fingernails. So, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Sometimes I think probably a lot of people started biting their fingernails. <laughs> I, was, I was just like, oh, no, don't stick your fingers in your mouth, you gross person. <laughs> you... <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that was a total aside. But yeah, be- behavior is hard to change and people aren't going to change overnight. But it's it's good to get the the message out there and the ideas out there. And over time, mm-hmm. hopefully we'll see more and more improvement. But uh yeah. So with the the She Rocks thing is I I I was looking at the website. Is that 
centered around Nam? Does it have something to do with Nam? Like, how does that work? Yeah, it usually happens during the Nam show. Um, so we launched the first one in 2012 at the January Nam show. Um, this will be our 10th year, June 2nd, nice. uh, 2022. And it's going to be the Thursday night before the Nam show opens. So we do it in Anaheim right around the show. And it's really fun. We, we bring in, you know, big name musicians, like I said, people from behind the scenes and it's, it's a very inspiring evening of musical performance, you know, speeches from the honorees about their experiences and, you know, just bringing all these people in the industry together for, I say we're like the classy event at the NAMM NAM show. It's like a sit down dinner gala with awesome music and in a beautiful location. So it's, it's really, um, it's a great energizing, you know, experience. And it's open to the public. So if any of you guys watching want to be there, uh, you know, we sell tickets to the public at SheRocksAwards.com. So there you go. Very coming up. Yeah. And, and unless this was a holdover from last year, it looked like my friend uh, Yvette was going to be there playing. Yeah, no, that is new. We just announced we're going to be honoring Yvette Young, Dion oh, Warwick, Carmen Vandenberg from Bones UK, and a bunch of other people yet yeah. to be announced. Yeah. And Lizzie Hale, one of our co-hosts, will be oh. there. Oh, wow. That's be co-hosting. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Yvette's been on the show three times, I think. The first time we recorded in a van out behind the venue in, in here in Portland, uh, when the power was out <laughs> at the venue. So nice. She's a she's a homie of the show and one of my absolute favorite guitar players ever to walk the planet. So well, uh, you should come to the awards. Come check it out. I might be in Anaheim. I'm still trying to figure that out if I'm actually going to the show because I have another trip in June already booked. So I'm trying to figure out my my travel plans. But there's a good chance if I'm in Anaheim, I will 100% be there. So awesome. Yes, sounds like a great event. That's it's so cool that you put that together and like, you know, making a point. I think is just it's more important than it may seem. I guess is probably the best way to put it. Like, It's like a ridiculous amount of work. I think people don't realize like how much time goes into doing a project like that. But I think the thing that makes it worth it to me is when I hear people say, you know, oh, that, that inspired me so much. Or I've literally had people say, I was going to stop. Like I was going to go in a different direction as an artist or in my career. And I went to like one of your workshops or your events and I feel back on track. And that's, that's a really nice thing to hear. That's incredible. That's, that is exactly why the feedback like that is what keeps you doing anything. Honestly, yeah. like sometimes, sometimes <laughs> so true. I, I love doing this podcast and I, I, I don't ever see myself stopping, but there have been times in the past where it was just like, wasn't really working. And I'm like, Ugh. and then I get an email one. I can't ever, forget is I got an email from a guy in India and he's like, your show makes my two hour bike commute so much easier. And I'm like, okay, I just have to keep going. Just, that's just, awesome. Just that guy, you know, like two hour, yeah. bike commute, forget it. Like that's crazy. So. You're right. I do a podcast too. I do a she rocks podcast. Um, and it's like, you know, it's, it's time. It takes time. Like research, get ready, do the interview, edit. Like, yeah. <laughs> You're busy. You are so busy. <laughs> well, thank you for sitting down with me then that was a uh, that was yeah awesome. of yeah. course 
So uh, before I get into my very classic questions, I do want to talk about the positive grid stuff just a little bit more because I feel like we yeah, talked a lot me about too. you, which was the main point. But I know that you have amplifiers you want to talk about, so we should do that so you, nobody gets in trouble. Oh, no, we, we don't want to get in trouble. Well, I did want to share, like, about this little Spark Mini, which I, when I hold it up, it looks big, but really, it's, that's how big it is. It's a little wow. guy. It's tiny. Yeah, tiny. It's about six. It's, it's like a tissue box size, right? Like yeah. those little ones. Um, but yeah, it's really, it's a really cool, fun product. It's battery powered. And not only is it a little amp, it's a little smart amp. It has an app that goes with it that has like, you know, 10,000 tones and great features for you to learn music, backing tracks, auto, um, it'll automatically create a backing track for you as you play. Um, you can learn the chords. It'll just like load up a YouTube video and it'll analyze the song and tell you what the chords are. So you can learn that like in a snap, wow. but it, it, it also just sounds really incredibly amazing. And when I got my, my sample, <laughs> I, I was like, Oh, I hope these engineers are really telling the truth. Like they were all raving about how good it sounded. Right. And you're like, okay, well, does it really sound that good? But it's pretty like mind blowing that the sound can come out of something that's this tiny. It's it's pretty awesome. That's so cool. I think it's, you know, it's a perfect little practice amp put put on your desk. It's like rechargeable USB power. And it has, you know, it has a built-in interface so you can record with it. You can has a line out and a headphone out so you can record direct if you want or put it through a speaker. Um you can load presets into it. So if you just don't want to use your app and you want to just take it wherever, busking or whatever, mm -hmm. um, you just can just load them in and go. So it's it's pretty awesome. It comes in white and black and you can actually take the grill off and switch it out for some different grill oh. options that we have. And that's really fun too. Right now we're in pre-order. And if you uh, buy during pre-order, we're giving you like another grill, a red grill, a red leave grill that looks really cool so it's spark mini it's uh it's available at positivegrid.com and it's i think the thing like the thing i love the most about it is like a real amp this is not like a crappy little like oh it's something so i can just practice somewhere no this is this is like incredible audio and you know you can use it as a bluetooth speaker too so nice. if you just want if you're not playing and you just want to run your songs through it Sounds pretty insane too. That's awesome. That sounds super cool. So yeah. Positive that's our new that's our newest thing just launched. So that's yeah. awesome. Well, I think that could come in handy because I'm trying to get off the grid a little bit. What well, grid? Positive grid. Uh, <laughs> get little, on the grid. <laughs> I'm gonna get on the grid and then go off the grid a little bit, hopefully this summer. So perfect that, for off the grid. Yes. That's what I need. You can charge it in your car too. Like we're testing it out. Can you charge this with your car? Like if you have the right cable, okay. you can recharge your battery of your amp. Is that like USB? Plugging it into your car. Yeah. Into your USB of your car. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're going to get into the classic questions. And okay. I know you just, we just plugged the amp, but normally this is the point in the show where I give the guests an opportunity to plug anything they want to plug or shout out anybody they want to shout out or say 
hi to their grandma or whatever they want to do. <laughs> this is the point where I give you the floor to talk to a couple thousand people. Oh, I mean, I can talk about anything I want. I've already talked about the She Rocks Awards and the gear. Wow. What else? Yeah. What else do you want to talk about? This is this is it. Well, okay. Um, one thing I have coming up that I that we didn't talk about that is really exciting is I'm also, you know, a singer-songwriter myself. And I've been working on a project with a co-writer, my friend Jenna Payone, called Girl the Album. And it's a collection of songs to like inspire and energize girls. It's pop songs. And we've brought in a whole bunch of other musicians and singers and like Nita Strauss plays on one song. It's this really fantastic kind of, you know, contribution a lot of people have made to this project. And it's coming out this year, finally. So um, we're about ready to release the first single, the one with Nita on it, in the next couple of weeks. And uh, we'll be sharing lots and lots about Girl the Album coming up. And there's a website, girlthealbum.com where you can find out more. So that's really, really exciting for me. And it's been a project that I've been working on for a few years. So that's awesome. I'm ready for it to be out in the world. So that's really fun. That's I'm yeah. really glad I asked that question because I did not know. That. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> girl, the album. There you go. I like that. That's fantastic. So yeah. girlthealbum.com. That's perfect. That was a perfect. Girlthealbum.com. That was a perfect yeah. look. All right. Classic questions. Here we go. And then we'll wrap up this main episode. First one. What is your favorite boss pedal? My favorite boss pedal? I I, I only have one. It's the tuner. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's a very popular answer. That's that's a perfect. You know, it's good. You got to have the tuner when you're playing live. I say this. I say this almost every time someone says this, but I'm and I refuse apparently to research this to confirm it. But I'm pretty sure that was the first tuner pedal was the boss one. I would guess so. Like, I don't know. I think it is. And now a tuner pedal is just essential for everybody that plays electric guitar live. Like, (laughs) what were we doing before? So there you go. The tuner. All right. Now, this is the one that gets a little bit dicey. This is where people kind of families break apart over this question it's so what is your favorite kind of pizza oh my favorite kind of pizza i like almost every pizza Mm -hmm. i actually really like the hawaiian pizza with the pineapple on it and the ham so i'm probably buying right (laughs) into your like polarizing but but like this is so dumb there's this pizza made by i think it's like targets like in-house brand and it has like prosciutto and mm-hmm. arugula <laughs> it's, really, it's really delicious that's my favorite i'm a fan of prosciutto and arugula pizzas i'm here to say yeah. i know it sounds kind of frou-frou and weird but i am a big it sounds it sounds like it but it's delicious yeah and lots of garlic oh gotta have the garlic. <laughs> you're from the you you spent a lot of time in new york do you have any favorite new york pizzerias that's a topic of uh there's one pizza place near where I used to live in Brooklyn called Artichoke Pizza, and yeah. their slices were literally like the size of a whole. Pizza. I've been there. I've been to Artichoke. Artichoke's awesome. Yummy. Yes. And not only good pizza, but their drinks, like at the bar. Mm-hmm. Just go there, have a slice, have a drink. Arti- good. Artichoke's a good time. Yeah. It's a little different than yeah. your classic New York slice, but it's very yeah. good. Yeah. Giant slice. Giant. Yeah. Giant <laughs> slices. <laughs> All right. Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming on. This was a blast. And I have uh, some questions for you over on Patreon that I think will be quite fun to get into. So 
Okay. Segway over there now. All right. For Laura, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right. There you have it. Good times, everybody. Good times. I hope that provided some useful insight for you. And I hope you enjoyed that chat. And if you would like to hear, you know, some weirder subjects and get just all kinds of bonus content. Well, not all kinds. The best kind. More episodes. If you would like to get more episodes beamed directly to your ears every week and help support this show, then yes, Patreon. Patreon.com slash ToneMob, or there is the premium subscription option through Apple Podcasts if that is the thing you like. You just click, yes, I want to get these episodes. You'll see them pop up in your feed next to the regular episodes. If you just select one of those, scan your face or however you interact with Apple, and then, yeah, same price. You will also get those episodes showing up right in your Apple device. So two options there for you if you want extra content. And thank you very much to everyone who supports the show in any way, shape, or form. As always, if you can't do that right now, I understand. I totally get it. But if you could share this with a friend. The show has grown a lot in the last couple months, and that is amazing to see. And I, I know that has to do with you telling people about it. And I, I know it might take some time. It could take quite a while for your friend to actually listen to it. But they will. They will at some point, And then they will thank you for it. Or they'll be mad at you because they're like, this guy's an idiot. But either way, it should have a, you should be able to have a fun conversation about it at some point. So thank you, everybody. I'll talk to you very soon. See you on the interwebs. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.